raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, December 19th. It is seven minutes after nine. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off. And in his place, we have Brad Klopfenstein joining us. Good morning. And thank you so much for braving the cold temps and coming in today. Good morning, Casey. How are you? I'm good. Are you ready to start the show off by talking? talking about sports sports i love sports and i'm not talking about the colts because wow indycar did they manage to stink it up oh yesterday my God. huh i was i texted you yesterday about football things in general oh my gosh the colts hey we're record holders casey <laughs> yeah for we're st- in the record books for stinking it up i don't know maybe we'll get into that later when hammer's here because i don't know he probably lost money off of that game but the sports that i'm referring to is the World Cup. Football? The other football. So Argentina got two goals from Lionel Messi, including one in extra time to help get past the defending World Cup champions. The game was tied 3-3 to in extra time before going into penalty kicks. And then Argentina's Emiliano Martinez got a big save in the shootout. So Argentina started the World Cup with a 2-1 to loss to Saudi Arabia, but ended up with the win, beating France in penalty kicks. I saw a lot of people upset that there's no way that that game should have come down to penalty kicks. Well, it's kind of in somehow. Now, I want to. I just want to point out, Pope Argentinian Argentina wins the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for Messi, he finally picked up that trophy that's eluded him for his entire career. So many people consider him as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And now he has the cup. He's no longer the Dan Marino of soccer. Right? <laughs> Finally, it, well, I, good for Argentina. Mm-hmm. They don't have a whole lot going for them, from what I understand. So, this they is good for something. national pride. Yeah. They, they need something, anything. Yeah. Uh, it was the country's first title since 1986. It was an epic nail biter. Let's take a listen. This is what, how many billions of eyeballs are watching these two men 12 yards apart? So that was one of his penalty kicks, and uh, the announcer said, all eyeballs are on this game, and it has the potential to be the most watched televent event in the history of ever. I believe it. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's very few things that are worldwide. Mm-hmm. Landing on the moon is something that was worldwide, but the World Cup mm-hmm. brings all the countries of the world together, and so yeah, there are lots of eyes on it, and it, Good, good for Argentina. Now, I, I have to confess, Casey, I am a two-time soccer letter winner from Mount Vernon High School, mm-hmm. yet I did not watch. You didn't watch? I did not watch. I I, I, I like to play soccer, but mm-hmm. watching is a whole other issue. $1.5 billion worldwide is what's expected to be the number. The official count's not out yet. When that does come out, I'm sure we'll let you know at some point. But you know who was at the game watching? Elon Musk. 
Oh. He was there in person, and he actually posted to Twitter that he was there. There were videos, uh, videos of him uh, going around. He doxed himself? He doxed himself, <laughs> unlike Jack Sweeney, who was that 20-year-old from University of Central Florida who's been posting Elon's whereabouts on the Elon Jet Twitter account. Now, Twitter suspended this account, then they brought it back, and then they permanently suspended the account, and uh, this guy racked up more than five. 500,000 followers and he was asked about it and he said that from Elon all he needs is a new car and he'll stop doing it. So what what is your current demand relative to Musk? What will it make for you to go away and stop this? Uh, Still a Tesla or $50,000. I mean, I'm not going to up it. There's no need to. So this guy has been doxing Elon Musk, and then he goes on TV and says, just give me a Tesla or $50,000. So he wants a ransom. Right. Isn't that what that is? That's that's exactly what that is. No, that bad precedent. Elon Musk Musk ought to say, all right, we're going to ruin your life. I'm going to announce your phone number Mm -hmm. and your whereabouts. And I have a feeling Elon Musk probably has more muscle than this dude does. You think? Maybe Uh, just a little? Yep. Okay, so change is happening at Twitter. They're no longer going to allow users to uh, promote their presence on other social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, Truth Social, Tribal, Post. Um, So they said they're taking this action against users that violate the policy, which means more suspending of counts. And if you're somebody who does affiliate marketing by putting your social links from other platforms on Twitter, this could financially hurt you. but if you don't realize this, you could be suspended your account as well. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of, of how how we got here. I, I run like. <laughs> how did we? Get how did here? we get here? Oh my god! <laughs> if you what? have that answer, oh. that isn't that the million dollar I, question for today? How did we get here? I just know. Ten years ago, I, even right now, I run probably nine other Facebook pages for various organizations and things. I've, I've got a political page for Brad Kloffenstein in addition to my personal page. But it used to be you could link your Twitter account and your Facebook page, and if you posted to one, it would mm-hmm. automatically post to the other. And mm-hmm. That went away years ago. I liked that feature. Some of it is I'm a Gen Xer, which means I am a Facebook user, not an Instagrammer. Um, you just want one click. I want one click. I want things to be easy. Mm -hmm. Well, Elon Musk is going to make it more difficult for you. Which I'm surprised he's not even letting you put links into other websites. Mm -hmm. But then he says he'll drop users. If they do that, it's like, you own the platform. If they do it, just don't let the post go up. Don't say, we're going to let you post and then we're going to take you off. Thank you for threatening me with your free service and taking it away. I will just not use it. So the policy doesn't just include links from other platforms. It extends to posting usernames or handles from competing flat platforms without URLs. So Twitter's the only platform that I know of that is doing this, where they're saying, nope, use ours and ours only, and you can't include other platforms in your post. I look at this and I'm like, is this Elon Musk's way of blowing $45 billion? Mm-hmm. Um he seems to be hell-bent on just getting people to not use his platform. You think so? Or is I, he I getting know. people to talk about it? 
Okay, he is getting people to talk about mm-hmm. it. I will say this is genius because there's more people talking about Twitter more often now than ever. Yeah. How? And I guess, shoot, I tweeted last night for the first time in forever. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he's on to something, but I just think it's bad policy to kick everybody off of your platform. Suddenly you will be alone on that island. Okay, so he just put a poll out asking if he should step down as the CEO. And he said, whatever wins, he's going to do. And last time I checked, the answer was yes, you should step down at like, I think, 57 to 43. But, you know, who knows if he'll really do that. We could put a poll up on anything. He can do it. Mm -hmm. If you drop $45 billion, no, you're going to be CEO. You're not going to let some lackey run it. Right. And somebody had commented that uh, I'll be CEO. And he replied back and said, "Okay, well, when you invest your entire life savings into this, you go ahead and be CEO. So I I seriously doubt he's going to step down. But uh, old Twitter was in constant contact with the FBI. That's the receipts that we're seeing coming out from the Twitter files, revealing more and more every day about how the government collects, analyzes, and even flags your social media account. And uh, Matt Tybee, who's the journalist who's been working with Elon Musk to produce all of the Twitter files, says that between January of 2020 and November of 20. There were over 150 emails between the FBI and the former Twitter trust and safety chief, Yul Roth, which is a surprisingly high number of requests by the FBI. I would say 150 over two years. I was thinking that number might actually be low. Yeah. You think that seems low? You figure what? Twitter has how many millions of users? Probably a billion users worldwide. So per, on, a on a percentage basis. basis, if they're only inquiring on 150, I would think that would be really low. That we know of so yeah. far. But the uh, rep from Ohio, Mike Turner, says that subpoenas against the FBI regarding Twitter, they're a-coming. On the House leadership race, will Kevin McCarthy become the speaker in January? Absolutely. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, he is, uh, he has proven himself, and I, I believe he will absolutely have the, the support to, to be speaker, and he's going to be a great speaker. Well, that was the wrong clip, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might be a great speaker regardless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Hey, that's the way it goes on a Monday. Hey, you we know, can roll. We're just going to roll. You know what? Kevin's going to be working hard today because I loaded him up today. So it's okay, dude. Did you yeah, find I, I figured that didn't sound right. Did you find the right one from uh, Mike Turner? I'm going to have to look for it. Okay. But I don't know how that happened. <laughs> no stress. No stress. It's all good, dude. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. After nine, this is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Casey Daniels. Brad Kloffenstein is in for Rob Kendall, who has the day off. And uh, we got uh, Kevin's awake now. We're ready to go. So uh, last segment, we were talking about Twitter and all of the Twitter files coming out. And uh, Rep. Mike Turner, he's from Ohio. He said the FBI is facing uh, subpoenas after the Twitter files were released because they showed the court that was occurring between the FBI and the social media company. So now let's take a listen to Mike Turner. Well, our committee became aware of these activities earlier this year, and I want to thank Elon Musk for bringing forward the information that he had, because you know, why we pursue the intelligent 
community to try to hold them accountable. And while we're doing that, Elon Musk is showing what's happening on the other side with the willing partners, the mainstream media, social media, and really exposing the, the coordination that was occurring between the FBI and them. Now, it is my understanding from our contacts that we've had with the FBI that there are secret files that the FBI has of these contacts that they were having with social media uh, and with mainstream media. And it has been our objective to get a hold of those files, to see the extent of this, so we can stop it, uh, we can cut off the funding and prevent, obviously, you know, average Americans being impacted by FBI actions. They have been resistant to this uh, point, and we certainly intend to pursue subpoena power to expose the extent to which the FBI has been doing this. Okay, so he said that they've been resistant. The FBI has been resistant to turn over secret files. Secret files. Let me let me say that again. The FBI has been resistant to turn over secret <laughs> files. Well, yes, of course they are. Who is that surprising? No, no absolutely nobody. nobody now, right? now, let me let me ask. Law enforcement routinely will track people's social media mm-hmm. in order to help close crimes. Mm-hmm. Are we surprised by this? And is this necessarily bad unless they're just routinely spying on me and you for no apparent reason? <laughs> nobody nobody wants to spy on me for anything. I mean, they, they would find oh. nothing salacious. Are you sure Rob doesn't? <laughs> I think that's called trolling, not spying. Uh, Mike Turner went on to say that since the Republicans are taking the House, this will be one of the number one targets to make certain that the FBI does not fund this activity. So now we're kind of beating the defund the FBI drum. It sounds like it, although there's going to be a government shutdown coming. Those might just go hand in hand. Uh, He kind of alluded to the fact that he wants the Twitter files so that they don't have to charge the American people with, you know, uh, the the job, the task of getting these files. Instead, Elon can turn it over and then they won't have to waste that money. Boy, wouldn't that be a good idea if they stopped wasting our money? I, I want them to stop waste. I've lived my entire life wanting the government to stop wasting our money. So if uh, there's ways to make that happen, I'm in favor of it. Yeah, he wants the full files. All you have to do is open up your phone and, and go on Twitter because they're all right there. I Long ago, I gave up any sense of privacy carrying around one of these smartphones. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that Google knows what I'm doing, where I am, and literally within seconds, as soon as I leave this building today, I'm going to get a notification from Google saying, write a review for your experience at WIBC. Oh, right. <laughs> Five stars, please. Yo, okay. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of knowing where you are and what you're doing, that's one of the big reasons that the U.S. Senate unanimously passed a bill to ban federal employees from downloading TikTok on their work phones. Okay, so this is one of the topics that I sent you. You, you mm-hmm. might have had it on the show for today. We touched on it a little bit last week, but since you've got something to say. Yeah, no, I, TikTok clearly is owned by the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a threat there. Um, and when you have a significant portion of the population that has TikTok that is downloaded on their phone, all it would take is the Chinese government to embed some sort of a Trojan that would come in, potentially shut down our phones, track what we're doing. I just think it is bad national policy, national security policy, 
to allow TikTok to have that much access to what we're doing. And TikTok has different algorithms. They ask Americans to do different things than they're asking Chinese people to do and other countries. And sadly, there's a lot of people that will comply with whatever the TikTok request is. And how deep would that go and how far are willing, people willing to go to appease TikTok? So you're definitely saying this is a national security risk. Oh, you're on board There, there with is this. no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that this is a national security risk. Yeah, if you've got something embarrassing out there on your phone or you work for the State Department or even the military, you know, they could use this against you. I mean, that's how spies are made. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, that, we've, we've got this info on you and we're going to release it unless... You come work you for us. You agree in the terms of service that TikTok has access to your photos and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't this exactly what happened in Russia and Ukraine when those Russian soldiers rolled into Ukraine? They all had cell phones and they used them. And then Ukraine turned around and used that information to coordinate troop hits. So just imagine if it was on the other side and those were American troops. Um, it's a it's a real problem with foreign governments having info on our citizens' cell phones. You know, they can use that data. And but it's not just the federal employees Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita suing TikTok as well. He said uh, the company is uh, having privacy concerns for minors having access to inappropriate content. And he sent a letter to Google and Apple demanding the companies change their age rating for the app. So not only is there uh, security, national security issues, now we're talking about I typically domestic social issues. I, I I have not been a huge fan of the modern Todd Rokita as we know it. However, Mm -hmm. I am behind him on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think that there ought to be some sort of warning, and people ought to know what they're getting into. And they're probably the curtain ought to be pulled back a little bit on TikTok. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is why is China such an adversary? We are their biggest, con- our biggest consumer, biggest customer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why China doesn't want to buddy up to us more than they do. Um, most of their their economy is driven by American purchases. Conversely, America probably relies way too heavily on China, as we're seeing with supply chain issues. Almost everything that's manufactured now is manufactured in China. So if China is having slowdowns or there's transportation issues, we are the ones that suffer and not necessarily them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons why some companies are looking elsewhere in the East, like Taiwan, for example. And, you know, China's got an aging population, and that is really going to play into stuff coming up in the next decade. I I wish there was some way that we could somehow direct a lot of this manufacturing to Central and South America, because that solves two problems. Our supply chain is a little bit more direct and a little bit more reliable, and if we've got people, those people have jobs, they're not wanting to come here for jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm not in charge, Casey. <laughs> You're in charge in here today, Brad Kloppenstein. No, my name's not on the show. You're still in charge. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off, and Brad Klaffenstein is joining me in the studio today. And there is a new USA Today Suffolk University poll revealing nearly two-thirds of Americans are dissatisfied with the country's current progress. Two-thirds. That's more than half. That is more than half, Casey. You're good at math. (laughs) 65% of the respondents said that they believe uh, America's not headed in the right direction, which is up from just a little bit ago, where it was 57%. And the people who were asked used words like worried, exhausted, fearful, does that surprise you? No. In any way, no. shape, if, or form? If they knew how to use the word use the word malaise, they would have used the word malaise. Mm-hmm. High inflation and the economy were the top reasons why they were concerned about the direction of the country. Of course, wintertime, a lot of people paying their bills. That power bill came. I just paid mine. Holy cow. It's gone up, Casey. Oh, $235. Now, are you on electric heat or gas? Yes. <laughs> All the above? I get both of those bills. Yes. Yeah. $235. My God. That, that was electric or gas? Uh, that was the gas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm due to get my gas bill any day. I The electric came in, and it was 150 or 160 bucks. But What am I doing wrong? I, well, I, I'm in a condo, so I got a neighbor underneath me, which helps... Mm-hmm. I'm scavenging off some of her heat. Yeah, because that heat rises. I'm yep. in a condo, too. But apparently, I'm heating the whole block. You are? Apparently, <laughs> your neighbors keep their thermostat set up 52. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they're, they're still on board. They like the, where things are going. Uh, they say that Joe Biden should run in 2024. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, she said that he has done an Excellent job in the White House. Really? Mm -hmm. Casey, did I ever tell you I have met his brother, Francis Biden? Oh, yeah? Yeah, here in Indianapolis. We were over at the JW Marriott. 2016, I was um, I was the state campaign chair for Gary Johnson, who was running for president as a libertarian that year, mm-hmm. and um, we had just spoken to the U.S. Conference of Mayors that were in town. I say we, I didn't say a word. Gary Johnson said all the words, but <laughs> but we're not in the lobby. You, and were, the, little, you were the wingman. Yeah, I was. I was. I was just the, lo- the local guy. Uh-huh. Was, but we're down there, and there's this guy that looks vaguely familiar, comes up, and I'm like, man, that dude looks like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Guy comes over right over to the table. Looks at Gary Johnson, says, "Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm Francis Biden. I'm Joe Biden's brother." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh! He looks like him, sounds like him, and you could just tell, dude was just sucking off his brother's legacy for the last 30, 30 years at that time." Mm-hmm. Looks straight at Gary Johnson, says, "When are we going to get you to run for something again?" Hmm. To which Gary looks at him and says, "I'm running right I'm, now. I'm running for president right now." <laughs> It was just so sleazy. And I'm like, man, this guy has lived his entire life Mm -hmm. just sucking off his brother. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't even ashamed of it. 
Well, isn't that what the Biden family tradition is? Well, and I'm, that's why Sucking I'm not off su- your relative. I am not surprised to hear about the rest of it mm-hmm. after that interaction. So Nancy Pelosi said that uh, she hopes Biden will seek re-election. He's a person with great vision for our country. He's been involved for a long time, so he has great knowledge of the issues and the challenges we face. The only problem is that he can't remember any of it, right? No, uh, someday maybe he'll share that vision. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Pelosi's been fired. You know, she's preparing to leave Democrat leadership. And uh, Schumer was reelected for his uh, by his caucus for a second term. Um, and they sat down for this dinner. I don't I don't know if you saw it. It was an exclusive interview with CNN. And they were sitting at uh, a restaurant having a meal. And it was it was just about as cringeworthy as the Harry and Meghan doc. I, I've watched some of the Harry and Meghan since I last saw you last Monday. So. And um, did you feel like you needed to brush up? <laughs> I, I did feel uh, I, I didn't want to be left out. Okay. So, so yeah, so I watched at least the first episode of it. And did it make you feel dirty afterwards? Did you have to like go shower to wash it off of you? A little bit. Sickly I, sweet. They're I so just, in love. <laughs> They are in love. I, mm-hmm. I will give them that. Yeah. I, I I hate that they make it sound like they are so oppressed and they're doing all these great things. It's like you didn't take a vow of poverty when you left. You guys still have all the money rolling in. Don't don't tell me how hard this has been on you. Mm-hmm. You you have chosen this. There was a uh, television presenter in the UK who said that they should be stripped of all of their titles based on that documentary. Okay. Yes, so, they should. Yeah. They've chosen the. They don't even live in Canada. They're not even under the Queen. Well, there is no Queen anymore, but under the King. So you saw the Harry and Meghan doc, but did you see the Pelosi and Schumer meal? No, I did not. Okay, well, well, let's let's take a listen now. Keep in mind, keep in mind, while they're talking, they're eating and uh, they're sitting there, you know, shoving shoving food in their mouths and talking about these big weighty subjects. And at one point, Nancy Pelosi, they were talking about Donald Trump. And at one point she said, I don't think we should talk about him while we're eating. But uh, this is how it went. There are a series of moments that you saw firsthand. There's the clap, there's tearing up the speech, and then there is the famous picture. It's the meeting in the cabinet room where you stood up and uh, and confronted. Looking back at those moments, what was going through said, your mind? He said he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's up against. I tell people, Nancy instinctively knew how to handle Trump because for her first, you know, 35, 40 years of life, she raised five children and she knew how to deal with children. And that's what helped her deal with Trump because he ultimately was a child. Okay, so they're like an odd couple, right? They They, are. they finish each other's sentences. Uh, what is Chuck Schumer going to do when Nancy leaves him? Did, did they make out after coffee? <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. It could be a TV show <laughs> on its own. Uh, okay, I wanted to mention about John Fetterman. He was named best dressed by the New York Times. Okay, so this is the most elitist, pompous, arrogant newspaper in the country. You got to go to Yale, Harvard, or Stanford to get a job there, right? So why would they say that John Fetterman is the best dressed? He's 
So very stylish. Oh. Most stylish people of the year. This was this was their list. They said he's going to bring Carhartt to the Capitol. Casey, if, if for anybody who's watching on the YouTube feed, I'm sure they can tell I am I am laughing mm-hmm. right now. This is I'm gonna gotta share a story. This okay. is the funniest thing. So me and my wife drove out to New Jersey over her fall break back in October, so just a couple months ago. And we stop at a rest area in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And as I'm coming out of the restroom, I look on the wall, you know, they've got the state map with the you are here, but above that they've got like four pictures, three or four pictures above the map. And there's three of them that are in like business suits and look very professional. And then there's one dude that is in just a gray shirt. And I, I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, look how nice they actually bothered to put a picture of the janitor for this facility up on the wall. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, that's their lieutenant governor. Oh, it was, it <laughs> it was, was Fetterman. Fetterman. But oh. I mean, literally, he, he looked like the guy who was the attendant at the facility. I thought the state of Pennsylvania was doing a great thing in recognizing the person who was keeping this mm-hmm. facility clean for our enjoyment. <laughs> keeping the rest area clean. <laughs> no, no, that, no, that guy's going to be one of the 100 most powerful people in the world. Yeah, he's in the Senate now. Yeah. Uh, so great. the Capitol does have a dress code. It require, requires male senators to wear a jacket and tie, something that that uh, Fetterman may have to go purchase. Do you think he's going to get one of those T-shirt tuxedos? Oh, right. (laughs) To make him look like he's dressed up. Um, So this is the guy that wears hoodies and cargo shorts, and he's on the New York Times list for best dressed. And I pose the question, why would the New York Times call him stylish? That's pandering with a capital P, It right? is pandering, or they have some sort of a copywriter who, that's their big F you to the New York Times, mm. and they are walking out the door saying, see you. Yeah. Uh, if a Republican had dressed like that, the New York Times I'll would be, be merciless. Oh, I'm, yes. Yeah, if somebody showed up, yeah, if a Republican showed up wearing flannel, they, they would never hear the end of it. But yes, Fetterman is, he's kitschy. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Tom Cruise released this uh, video last night, late last night, and uh, he, he's he got game still, and we're going to review it coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You've got 
got us to talk to. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob is on vacation today, but Brad Kloffenstein is joining us in the studio. And it was Turning Point USA's AmeriFest that got kicked off. And uh, Charlie Kirk spoke to the people and he said that it's important to have a coherent vision in the conservative movement. And that's kind of being echoed across a lot of platforms right now. Of course, many people saying that uh, Ronna McDaniel needs to step down. Who's going to be Speaker of the House? The party currently divided. Some people liking Trump, some people wanting DeSantis. And uh, so he went on to say that one of the reasons why he believes that Turning Point USA is the most important organization in America is because they go to places where there's not a lot of conservatives and they're playing offense. Well, isn't it about time for Republicans to play offense? Yes, it is. They need to stop seeding every little area where there's actually population and voters. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I, I agree. You, you need to have a, yeah, a coherent vision and something that unifies people as opposed to driving them apart. You can't keep driving wedges between people and have class warfare and expect that that's going to work for you long term. Isn't that what Trump did to the party? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not not today. No. But Trump of the past. Isn't that what he did? He it did. unified it, a lot of people. When, when you mock people and mock groups of people, eventually there's going to be people who support you who identify with the people that you're mocking. Mm-hmm. And you've suddenly lost them forever. So you need to keep that mocking to a minimum so that that way eventually you might hit on something that will bring people your way because it'll be like yeah i mean he's been decent to us and now all of a sudden i'm i'm way behind him on this but no if all you're doing is just making fun of other people and or other nations no nobody's going to get behind you and eventually you're going to erode your base and it has happened so when Charlie Kirk opened up Amfest 22, he opened with, we want a country where our kids love America again. How about this? We want a country where our kids love America again. We want a country where kids are taught about Jefferson and Madison and Jay. A country where they're taught about Abraham Lincoln and the beauty of the Declaration and the Constitution and the Federalist Papers. We want a country where kids are taught that if you judge somebody on the basis of skin, you are a racist. And we should instead care about character, not the complexion of somebody's skin. Our vision for America, it's hard to believe I even have to say this, is we want a country where kids can be kids again. We want a country where kids are safe. So we went on to say that uh, we need a nation where puberty isn't treated like some sort of illness and where the innocence of children is preserved and protected. And he said that America Fest is the largest multi-day event in the history of the conservative movement. They sold over 10,000 tickets for that. Good for them. We didn't hear it in that clip, but Mm -hmm. I would assume that he said something to the... Along the lines of, we want equality of opportunity as opposed to equality of outcome. But Mm. if I wish that there were more people who could sing the praises of liberty and saying, you know what, if we could keep government small, let freedom reign, everybody is going to have an opportunity to one day be their own Elon Musk as opposed to looking to the government to help bail them out Mm -hmm. and and help them get through life. Um, I mean, uh, America works 
when the government is small and we let people do what they want to do. And if they've got a good idea, we let them run with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. So last night, Tom Cruise released a video and he was jumping out of a plane. This guy is, could he single-handedly be saving movies Possibly. Here he is jumping out of a plane because he's shooting scenes from the next Mission Impossible movie. So while he's shooting scenes from his next movie, he's promoting his old movie, 60 years old, jumping out of a plane and sending a holiday greeting all at the same time. Where was I? Oh yeah, thank you for supporting Top Gun Maverick. And only thank you for allowing us to entertain you. It truly is the honor of a lifetime. Yeah. His cheeks are flapping in the wind. <laughs> I'm running out of altitude. So, I better get back to work. We gotta get this shot. You have a very safe and happy holiday. We'll see you at the movies. There he goes. I don't know how high he was, 30,000 feet, 10,000 feet, whatever. <laughs> 30, feet. I don't 10, think he would have been conscious. Right, but, right. <laughs> but, he, would need a, he would need oxygen at that yeah, level. Let's say but, he jumped from ten or 12,000. Yeah. So obviously, he did that without a script in front of him because you all you would have heard then is... Right, right. But, no. uh, you know, clearly Tom Cruise is a freak show. <laughs> However... I give him kudos on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to multitask. If it was me or you or Kevin jumping out of that plane, we'd barely have the wherewithal to look at a camera and say one line. And instead, he's just having a conversation with the camera. Oh, there's no way I'd be jumping out of the plane. No. Oh, come on, Casey. Oh, absolutely not. Never. Not a chance. But that's the thing. He was sitting there on the side of the plane before he left, and he was talking to the camera. And then somebody came up to him and said, all right, Tom, you got to wrap this up because we have to get this shot and we have to get it in one take. One take, Tom. And so he wrapped up what he was saying and then he jumped out of the plane and did some acting. I, the whole point of it was, I think he's trying to promote the Top Gun Maverick is going to be available on Paramount Plus streaming starting December 22nd. So if you don't have Paramount what, Plus, does it make you want to get it? I mean, that's what they're hoping. Well, yeah. Paramount Plus seems to have a lot of good material Mm -hmm. these days. I mean, they've got Yellowstone as kind of their hallmark and then lots of other things. But your original question was, is Tom Cruise single-handedly saving Hollywood? Mm -hmm. Quite possibly. Yeah. Because people have 75-inch flat-screen TVs and, you know, you've got... Surround five five point one uh, on any any sort of a, a decent stereo. So for a thousand dollars, you can have your own home theater. Why would you want to go out to a theater at that point? And Tom Cruise is giving people reasons to go to the theaters. Yeah, it one point four billion reasons. That was the global ticket sales of Top Gun Maverick and uh, the highest grossing release this year. And I I don't think it's done. I don't have Paramount Plus streaming service, but I'm really tempted to sign up for a few days to watch that movie at home with the family around Christmas, and then. See how it goes. I'm not sure if I have it. (laughs) Uh, It will have to replace something else, though. 
because, you know, $10 here, $10 there, ten you know, for Netflix and then Paramount and then Disney. One of them's got to go, right? Right. Can't have all of them. So, it, so the way we work at my house... I've got AT&T U-verse, which mm-hmm. I love U-verse. They don't even offer it anymore, so I'm just one of their legacy customers. And I, we have the Paramount Network that is part of that. But then my wife's daughter, we're globbing on to all her paid accounts. So mm-hmm. I think that we're paying the daughter's cell phone bill, and in turn, we get to get her Netflix and her Hulu. And when I say we might have Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. that might be one of the things she's paying for. I'm just not sure. Would you sign up for it so that you could watch the movie? No? <sighs> no, but I, I'm also more of a documentary, okay. live sports news kind of guy. So although last night, did watch The Sound of Music. That was my Sunday night, and I enjoyed that immensely. Did you pick that, or did your significant other? Um, I kind of picked that knowing that she would like it. Yeah. So, But it, it's something that I enjoy, and I know she loves it. So well, that's it one, of the, one of the all-time classics, Sound of Music. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Red lights are flashing around me. Yellow, it looks like they found me. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.